The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. I'm the shale play prophet, the North Dakota nomad, according to the three emails I got this past week. So we're rolling with those names, baby. Let me tell you that. And so we appreciate the emails coming in. Jason at thecrudelife.com. Of course, we are broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios, our entitled intern, Provolone is manning our production element of the program. And today we're going to talk with Matt Cruz, Huskerland Oil Field Services. He's patiently waiting on our Bakken barbecue phone lines. Now, as your host, I feel it is important to the listener to set the stage, set the table for the show, if you will, so you kind of know what's going on, so that way we can map out where exactly we're going to be taking this expedition today. This 30-minute tour, you see, because this daily podcast, which is heard Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday, is 30 minutes, which means we could be 45 minutes. So today we have Matt Cruz, Huskerland Oil Field Services, Watford City High School students, Emma, Lydia, Ellie, and Taylor will join us on the back end of the program. And we're also got headlines coming up. Of course, a lot of you like headlines. You certainly like the way that we tackle the way the modern person reads headlines today. The way they get the news is they, they read the headline, read the first two paragraphs, formulate everything, and move on in life. And passion comes with them, opinions comes with them, misinformation comes with them. And the media has shifted to where they try to load up those first two paragraphs because they need you to read more. Not only do they need the clicks, so you get the sensational headlines because you need the clicks, but now we've got to capture your time as well because you've you, you got to be there more than three seconds or ten seconds because the ad agencies will buy. So you got to load up those first two paragraphs in order for people to stick around and read the rest of the story. So that's how we take headlines, just like the modern person. We read the first couple paragraphs, assess our opinion, move on. <laughs> it's quite fun. So thank you, folks, for the emails. Jason at thecrudelife.com. Also, our upcoming event we want to mention to you folks. So mark your calendar, or that's not even a thing anymore. Boy, did I just date provolone. We just had a moment right there. Mark your calendar. That's like saying tape it. I mean, that's that's showing my language how old I am, you know, yelling at the newspaper and whatnot. Because mark your calendar. Who does that anymore? I'm sure there's an app that marks everything for you now. I actually get emails from people that I can't open because I still mark my calendar. I still hand write. You know what I always tell you? I'm a visual listener. You got to write it down. So that way, it's anyway. So just had a moment there, Provolone. Wanted to point out that we, we just had one of our east-west, north-south, young, kind of young moments. Anywho, let's get back to our event. So mark your calendar because 
Coming up Friday, February 21st, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association Mardi Gras is happening. It's their signature event for the association. It benefits the Colorado Energy Foundation 2020 grant recipients. There will be dinner, dancing, live music, auction prizes, a hosted bar, plus much more. Check out the Koga Mardi Gras Ball happening Friday, February 21st. All the links are available at thecrudelife.com on our show page. Check it out, folks. Make sure you mark your calendar, download your app, do whatever you got to do. Put a string around your finger because the 21st of February, it's a Friday, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association is having their Mardi Gras. Once again, Matt Cruz patiently waiting on our Bakken barbecue phone lines. Matt Cruz is with Huskerland Oilfield Services. And we do want to mention, by the way, before we get to headlines, because I want to get going here. It's, it's getting close to the weekend, so let's get to headlines here. But I got to mention today's sponsor because we got to keep our lights on and we have to entertain, educate, and inform people on how we keep those lights on and oil and gas and Fossil fuels and everyday energy is one of those ways that we keep our lights on. It doesn't just happen from the flick of a switch. And today, our sponsor, we are thankful and grateful for McKenzie County Job Development Authority. McKenzie County, located in extreme western North Dakota, McKenzie County is unique in its economy, landscape, and attitude. Once known as the Island Empire, once known as the Island Empire, the county is bordered by the Yellowstone River, Lake Sakakawea, the Missouri River, and the Little Missouri River. The natural resource-based economy is dependent on farming and ranching and energy development with landscapes ranging from rich farmland to heavy badlands. The county is home to over 500,000 acres of Little Missouri National Grasslands, an area rich in oil reserves and grassland resources. For more information, visit our show page for all the links. That is McKinsey County Economic Development. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees. According to a couple emails I got, I am the shale play prophet and the North Dakota nomad. A couple nicknames that we're going to be integrated into the podcast. We might even give guests nicknames. You know what? In fact, next week, Terry Edom is going to join the program. Terry Edom, the man, the myth, the legend, the author. That's going to be his nickname going forward because he's a writer of a book. He's got a blog, Public Energy Number 1. He has a book, like I mentioned, uh, The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity. And he also is a regular writer for the BOE Report. So he is. He's, a, he's the man, the myth, the legend, the writer. So I, I tell you, we're going to start adding nicknames here at The Crude Life. That's what we're going to do because we are esoteric energy. We just see that provolone. We just threw out the script one more time. Just threw it out. Going to do our own thing. That's what we like to do here. I mean, 
Last time I checked, this show was done in America. And in America, we can do this type of stuff. I, this is why I like the podcast world. It's a wild west. It's the wild west. I mean, when we do our weekly radio shows, our daily update for 30 radio stations, and we, when we do our weekend program, our news magazine program, you know, there's news and weather and commercials and all kinds of things that, you know, they've got, well, they've got a tight clock because when, when the Osgood file comes on, or the NBC update, you had better be past the Dunkin' Donuts to get to your play, get get to work, or you, your teeth had better been brushed. You know, appointment type thing. Not the podcast world. People just download you when they have time. But here's why it works in the oil and gas world: is because whether you're a CEO, engineer, hot oil, water, long haul, whatever it might be, you still gotta go. 45 minutes to three hours to get to that well site. And last time I checked, you got to hang on to the wheel with at least one hand, maybe two. Depends on which part. In, in North Dakota and in Colorado, boy, you better have two hands on the wheel in some of those areas, I'll tell you what. And Wyoming, too, that's another one. But I, I digress. So it works really well. Anyway, provolone, I, I somewhere along the line, I had a point, and then I even kind of bored myself because I wanted to get to headlines. So uh, let's get to headlines, man. All right. Our first headline comes from the New Mexico Carlsbad Current Argus study. Edie County leads New Mexico oil and gas industry Permian to last for decades. Many effects of Edie County's oil boom were immediately clear in recent years. Traffic snarled on the once sleepy farm roads, hotel rates, and home prices skyrocketed. Small towns like Carlsbad became crowded with workers, taxing public services, and packed restaurants. Between 2012-2018, a period that saw the industry boom bust in 2015 and boom again in 2017. The oil and gas industry in Edie County added $6.4 billion to state and local governments in New Mexico per a study from the Arrowhead Center in New Mexico. Okay, this is, you know, no, no news here. Uh, I'm kind of looking down and scrolling through a little bit, and it's just kind of recapping a bunch of different numbers. But I wanted to go to where the headline was, which, is it Edie County or Eddie County? I'm going to go with Edie County until I, I hear otherwise. I'm not familiar with the pronunciation of that, so I do apologize to anybody in that county. It's not on purpose. It's on naivete on my part since I was not aware that this was going to be in headlines because normally I would probably check out the pronunciation ahead of time, Provolone. So that's another thing that differs between the podcast and the radio in the radio, I'd actually figure out the pronunciation before I even go on the air with it. This, this is, hey, this is organic. This is just spur of the moment. I've never been to Edie County. Maybe, or maybe, no, I think I have, but I, I don't think I've actually paid attention enough to retain the pronunciation. Okay, let's get back to this. Uh, Edie County leads New Mexico in oil and gas industry. Okay, we got that. Permian to last for decades. That's where I was looking for. So I want to go back and check that story out. And by the way, the links of these stories are available at thecrudelife.com if you'd like to check it out. But Permian to last for decades. This is not new news, but I'm glad to see that they're reiterating it because I do think this message does need to be reinforced that the Permian will last for decades, the Bakken will last for decades. In fact, I've even read studies. Now, it's been four years probably since I read this study, but 
this study claimed that somewhat of 70% of the oil and gas activity over the next 30 years was going to come out of the Permian. And I remember thinking, covering the Bakken, like I did, like, holy smokes. I mean, the Bakken is supposed to be around for 30 to 40 years. And if the Permian, so there, there's a vast, abundant supply of this resource. So we know it's there. It's a commodity play. The regulations and the environmental movement and the public health debate is becoming almost a real issue now in oil and gas because they know where the oil is. They know how to get it. It's just down to a price play. So it's the, the, the game's changing. And that's what I got from this story, by the way, that it's good to see that they're reinforcing that the Permian to last for decades. So, all right, what, else, what do we have next here at Provolone? Let's take a look. Activist file initiative to ban oil and gas drilling in Denver. This is coming from westward.com. The climate activists behind an energy tax initiative slated to appear on Denver's 2020 ballot want to double down with a newly submitted measure that seeks to ban extraction of fossil fuels within city limits. Activists with Resilient Denver, oh, that's new, filed a proposed amendment to the city charter with Denver elections city officials last week and will receive feedback on their draft ballot language in a hearing with Denver city council members and the city attorney on Friday. Okay, it's just a bunch of stuff there. But we're, it's looking at now, okay, they're, they're going state, they're going county, they're going, uh, they're going city. And that tells me that they're, they're grabbing the local control angle and using it in a way that the, I guess that the, the Republicans would, would use it in a positive way. They're turning around and using it in a very controlling, very spiteful, um, special interest way. Local control is supposed to be from the locals, not from an outside special interest group funding a couple local people. It's supposed to be from town halls and cafes and two guys fixing fence posts, uh, talking, uh, neighbors shoveling driveways, talking to each other, mowing lawn, that sort of thing. It's not supposed to be where you just you, you fund a couple people so that they can have community meetings and, and, and get a dozen people together to pass an ordinance that's going to affect millions, thousands, which ripple into millions. So this is a, this is a very interesting interpretation of local control, but it is happening. And we're seeing the public health debate shift happen to where they're saying setbacks, which, I mean, when you, they start putting children in the same sentence as oil and gas, and one's supposed to be the positive and the other one's supposed to be the negative, the way, the way that a sentence structure is done, folks, that's, are you ready? I mean, that's why our motto, 2020, are you ready? Because... The, 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 the subtleties is, is remarkable. The psychology, the psychology in, in Colorado of a billboard 
of a of mother holding a baby. They don't even have to put anything in. They don't even have to use language. All they got to do is connect with an emotion. So, like I'm saying, you just wait for the the the, the next parent that sees a 16 year old Aaron Brockovich. I think that's that's the next wave after um, Greta Thunberg with her uh, existential fear making it cool. So what do we got next here, Provo? I'm see. I start to get I start to get a little bit testy as we get closer to the weekend because I know a lot of you know dur- during the day I try to be you know as unbiased as I can in interviews and I try to but this podcast thing a little free little free flowing. By the way, Provolone, you know, you're no speaking today. You still got to wear your mask. And you, by the way, I, I think you got to get home. I mean, you got to get out of here. Folks, by the way, our entitled intern, Provolone, he was so ready to speak today, but I don't know what he contracted. And he's got to wear this mask. I mean, the CDC told you to go home for crying out loud. Your sweat disintegrated that hand towel. I mean, I could take care of it from here. Once Matt Cruz is patched in on the Bakken barbecue phone lines. We're okay. You can, you can take off. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll still give you thanks on the, on the air like you're here. So don't worry. But, no, you're sick. You, you got you to go home. This is okay. You know, one thing, you know, when, when you are in the workplace and, and you do get sick, you do go home. You don't get a call in drunk. Calling in and saying, I'm hungover, that, that does, that's not really sick. I understand you are sick. But th- this one's different. I mean, you just disintegrated that hand towel with your sweat. Go home. Get out of here. I'll read this last headline, and I can push the button for Matt Cruz on our Bakken barbecue phone lines. But right now, let's get our last headline done here. Telescope captures most detailed pictures of the sun. All right. Hey, I love the science ones, by the way. Let's see what it says here today in the first two paragraphs. The sun's turbulent surface has been revealed in an unprecedented detail in the first observations in the Onyo Solar Telescope in Hawaii. The striking images reveal a surprising level of structure hidden within the churning plasma exterior, bringing a previously hazy impression of the sun's patchwork surface sharply into focus for the first time. Okay, I, just a couple of comments on this. And, you know, I, I appreciate this one today. Provolone, you know, coming off of the parking lot pooper yesterday. Kareem Hunt and his marijuana uh, open container non-charge. And this one here, I'm a big fan of the sun. And I'll tell you why. Is because I believe the sun is the number one driver in climate change. When it comes to changes on the planet, I believe the sun is the number one driver. And I believe the more that we know about the sun and the more that we understand the connection between the sun and the earth, like it's plugged in just like a light and a, a lamp to a light switch, we're going we're, we're gonna to understand climate change more. And in fact, I think what we're going to do is we're going to shift the name climate change to earth changes. Because it doesn't take much to realize Pangea is no longer around. So the earth goes through changes. The magnetic core has shifted, at least in my lifetime. I believe it's went from somewhere in Canada to somewhere near Russia now is where the magnetic north is. 
And last time I checked, there's a lot of mag- magnetism in everything. It's what keeps the molecules together, etc. So as the magnetic core shifts, pull, the magnetic pull, excuse me, it would only seem natural to me that the earth would go through changes and shift as well. And then as we see that the sun has been connected, I mean, from a solar flare, that has a major impact on the earth. So I am a fan of this, by the way. I think this is the one The Rock and some celebrities are protesting against in Hawaii. Uh, Provolone, um, I see you putting your boots on. Um, Make a mental note of this as you pass out from your fever. Uh, We need to check on that just to make sure if that's the one that The Rock was protesting in Hawaii just for our own satisfaction. But uh, I do think the more that we understand about the planet, uh, I'm sorry, we understand about the sun, we're going to understand about climate change, which then I believe will will label more as earth changes. Because if we, if we learn the history of the sun, we'll probably learn some of the changes, major cataclysmic changes, the major ones on the earth. I'll bet you, I'll bet you a dollar, eh, three bucks that the sun is connected to those. Okay, we're going to take a quick pause here. I got to take care of uh, a couple bills and make sure we mention today's sponsor and uh, make sure we educate and inform and entertain people on how we keep the lights on here at The Crude Life. Today's sponsor is McKenzie County Job Development Authority. McKenzie County is located in extreme western North Dakota. McKenzie County is unique in its economy, landscape, and attitude. Once known as the Island Empire, the county is bordered by the Yellowstone River, Lake Sakakawea, the Missouri River, and the Little Missouri River. The county is home to over 500,000 acres of Little Missouri National Grasslands, an area in rich oil reserves and grassland resources. For more information, visit the Crude Life's podcast show page and click on the links accordingly. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and according to an email I got this week, I am the North Dakota Nomad and the Shale Play Prophet. We have Matt Cruz patiently waiting on our Bakken Barbecue phone lines. We're going to get to that in just a moment. As we sit here in our Hatch Coaching Studios as part of the Crude Life Podcast, Provolone has gone home sick for the day because, well, the CDC said, we don't even know what you have yet, but your sweat has disintegrated three hand towels around the office. So, uh, buddy, it's time to go home and take a little nap. I think he's got the coronavirus or the Dosecchi's virus. I'm not sure which one it is. And the Takati virus, maybe? Okay, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure it's one of the two. But all right, Matt Cruz, Huskerland Oil Field Services on our Bakken Barbecue phone line. Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oil Field Services. Huskerland Oilfield Services. Why does Nebraska come to mind when I hear that name? So talk to me about uh, the company and Huskerland and the whole deal. Yes, sir. Um, well, you're exactly right. Huskerland. That's I'm originally born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I was I was living in Oklahoma. I got done coaching, you know, was, and was still living down there when I broke out in the old field. And uh, when it came time to, you know, get an LLC or S Corp and get, and get it all put together, 
originally it was going to be uh, Sooterland because I was down there, but uh, we ended up moving back to Nebraska, and I was like, hey, Huskerland it is. So, uh, you know, that's how the name came about. And uh, as, as far as getting out in Oldfield, I, I coached college baseball and coached overseas and uh, for, you know, 10-plus years. And then uh, one of my former players, had his, his wife had a miscarriage, and, and thank goodness now they got three beautiful children. Uh, but that time, it was 2000, oh, two, Christmas of 2011. And so Oldfield was hammered down right then. Guys had either been out for a long time and were at the house and wanted to be at the house for Christmas or were still on a well, and he was having a hard time being able to get out of there to go be with his wife. And uh, he called me, and he was like, Coach, hey, can you, you, know, you hop up here for a few days? And so uh, my introduction to the Oldfield was him giving me about a 15-minute crash course on what to look for, give you this number, this number, this number. Uh, he headed to the house, and at the end of that four days, he came back and cut me a check, and it was, you know, it was better than what I was making as a, a junior college assistant baseball coach. Because how much you win, you're not making much money there. And uh, Tom ever opened up to give me a call, and fast forward to the next August, you know, we're going trying to go for our second national championship in a row. We end up getting beat by LSU Eunice in the in that last game, and. Uh, I was at Yankee Stadium watching one of my former players make his big league debut with the with the Mariners and got a call. He's like, hey, coach, you still want to do that? And, man, I, I hopped on the next flight after the game and headed down to Texas, sat with him and his well, and, and uh, man, I've been in it ever since. It's been, it's been a fun ride. So you are located in Texas. I, I did follow the story. You're from Omaha. You've traveled around a little bit doing the work thing, and then uh, it sounds like you uh, landed in yes. Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, Miami, Texas. And uh, was working in the area and, and, you know, liked the area and uh, <clears throat> met a woman who's now my fiance. And uh, so that's what brought me to, to that area, living in small town Miami, Texas. It's a, it's a nice place. But uh, what we do is, uh, you know, flow back production operators, lease operators, consultants. And, uh, you know, it, they've been able to, to stay busy for the most part and, you know, been able to see some growth. And uh, I, I'm glad you had us on the program and you know a lot of times I'm still out in the field with the guys and I don't get to get out and network as much as I'd like and you know I, I grew up in Nebraska where the whole field wasn't wasn't that big so uh get an opportunity to have have me on your show I appreciate it because you know maybe meet a, a little bit larger audience and they can know what we do and uh they may need to get a hold of me as well so you know I was going to ask you about baseball so keep that in the back pocket and then I was going to ask you about you know life's a hitch I want to ask you about hitch living as well, but yes. uh, I do want to ask you about the <clears throat> the problem that has come up over and over and over again about how seems like people who are not at networking events or at conferences um, kind of get left out a little bit from time to time, and those that are working or at home with their families uh, have to work even harder. And I've heard that, and I don't mean that to to you know, say anything negative towards anybody. I'm just saying I'm, I'm hearing that so much. It just seems like that's kind of the way things have gotten. And then when you just said that, I kind of reinforced that thought again, enough for me to bring it up and say, hey, are you hearing that? Are you seeing that? Talk to me about what you're going through with that. Yeah, no, you know, I'm a small operation. In the grand scheme of things, I'm a minnow floating around just, you know, trying to, trying to get what I can and, and stay going. We're not in a position where it can go and, you know, have the support staff of an office assistant, a $100,000 a year salesman, and, you know, all these uh, expenses and overhead, you know, that 
I, I do it all myself, you know, until it gets to, a, and we get the growth to a point where um, she comfortably and, and smartly start adding pieces as, as they need to go. It's something I've been doing all myself. And, you know, even with, with the sports deal, my background was, you know, I was a recruiting coordinator. And so, you know, I, I try to network as, as much as I can, but yeah, I, I, I don't have the money to have a guy in the field all the time. So now I'm out in the field for, you know, a month, two months, three months at a time. And, uh, so, you know, you, you get a chance to meet those that you're around. Uh, but as far as, you know, the growth, you're not meeting as many people that you like as far as the accounts and introduce yourself. So what ends up becoming is, you know, using social media. And that's, uh, you know, been the biggest way that I've been able to at least where it's not feeling like I'm out of sight, out of mind, you know, because you can get out there on a long hitch and, you know, something comes up on short notice. And if, uh, you know, you don't have somebody in the field that's going to meet with guys and take them to lunch and you have no no presence on social media reaching out, you know, with the phone calls, uh, you know, that you can't get lost in the shuffle. And what compounds it even worse is that you get off a three three month hitch and, you know, you're back at the house and you got a wife and you got a fiance and you got a girlfriend and you got kids and, you know, you want to spend time with them because you feel like though you're making a good living and, and you're able to provide for them, you know, there's some things that money can't buy and it's, it's that time. So when you do get home, you want to try to soak up that time as much as you can. Well, now you're in a situation where, you know, I've been gone. Do I want to go have beers at the, at the local pub and, you know, maybe run some guys that, you know, can talk, talk shop with. And next, you know, a deal comes out. No, no, that, that doesn't end up happening. You, you stay at the family and now, you know, it, it does stunt your growth. It, it really, it really, it really can just hope that the relationships that you have existing are, are solid and stay solid. And, you know, the ones that you, you do come into, hopefully it's a meaningful one where it's, it's uh, quality over just quantity. And that's, you know, for me as a small operator, it's, that's been our deal is just, it, it's not how big we can get. And, you know, how many accounts is the ones you have and, and the ones you, you have a chance to have that, you know, you do a good job and, and hopefully get the call, the next call when they have something going, but. No, I, f I feel your pain. I can empathize uh, a lot of what you're talking about. I'm a single dad. And in fact, I've got a, kid downstairs sick he threw up about three hours ago so we've got oh, to, oh yeah i mean throw you know i mean it's a sick day if you're working a, a regular job a sick day can throw you completely out of the loop if you're you For know sure. if, if your kid's not old enough to take care of himself and even if he is old enough to take care of himself i mean wh what do you do do you give him you know a couple tablets to go back to work when your kid's sick so i mean it's just it's kind of well, it, right it, now, it, yeah you, you hope they don't have the uh coronavirus whatever is going that you guys didn't eat chinese and the little guy gets a feeling better soon man why and why yeah. did they have to name that virus after a delicious <laughs> beer i mean i don't i don't i know it sure is making for some some good memes i guess i, yeah, I, I, I suppose it is but uh it's it's interesting though how to, how to make the work uh life balance work and then also for a small business especially in the energy industry i've said for a long time i've been a big champion for these natural gas crazy guys who you know they're 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 smart, clever capitalists, and you know unfortunately there's not a lot of research money that goes go that that's available, and yet these uh -huh. guys are camping out and sleeping at the well sites and checking monitors and just you know doing what they got to do, trying to make right. their smart, clever, capitalistic idea work, and you know and and trying to meet all the different regulations that the states require and this and that and. And, and you know this, energy companies, they've got shareholders, they've got budgets, they've got et cetera. So they're, they're pretty well predictable. 
for the most part, yeah. what, what they're going right. to do, what they can do. Now, can you build a better sandwich or, you know, make a better mousetrap? Sure. And that's right. where you got to be able to show the energy company and tell them about it. So uh, use this opportunity. You mentioned, you know, that it, this is one of the platforms that reaches into offices that um, when you're not there. So, you, you know, I mean, while well, we're talking right now, a week from now, two days from now, a month from now, this interview can be listened to in someone's office in Houston or the Bakken or Marcella. Right. So who is your customer? Who are you looking for? And if you want, you can mention some you know, tes testimonials that people know, you know, what kind of quality work you can do. Yeah, uh, for us, um, you know, some of the largest, everything for us has been direct MSAs with the, with the energy producers. Because I think at times where guys, you know, especially the smaller outfits that, you know, everybody, everybody and their mom has a flowback company now. And what you find is you get guys, you know, I, I talked to a guy the other day, he was got a hold of me. Hey, do you ever need uh you know, contractors that we could supplement what you have going on. And, you know, I, I say, hey, what, what's your business model? Are, are you supplying, you know, third-party contractors or are you, you know, have direct MSAs and you're going that way? He said, we're trying to do both. And I said, you can't do both. You can do both. If it's a cash grab, for me, it hasn't been a cash grab. You know, it's a, a long process. Won the first national championship that, that uh, was fortunate enough to be a part of it, and it took 10 years. You know, like I've been in this going on eight, and I – I know it's a process. Everything doesn't happen overnight. For us, it's been everything going straight uh, to the producers, handling the production mostly. We've done uh, contract pumping and ran some consultants and done odd jobs, route spout stuff, piecing you know crews together, uh, short nose type stuff. But really, uh, production. And um, you know, the thing is, when you, when guys are trying to do both, it's like if they've got their guys that they're servicing their their MSAs with, and they're trying to sell guys on running third you know, third party guys, where you're not going to get their best guys because they're going to tend to their accounts. And, uh, you know, on, on the flip side, if you're running their guys to fill their accounts and they're trying to get MSAs with guys, now there's a conflict of interest where you're like, can I really trust her? These guys just trying to get close to try to steal accounts. So for me, I never wanted to be in that, in the wishy-washy gray area. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I don't like to do third party stuff unless it's slow. And I myself am going out to stay busy. So I'm making, making sure, you know, paying the insurances, paying, you know, uh, every, everything that needs to, any expense that we may have to where I'll go and subcontract, but I don't like to, to subcontract through service companies and then run third party. I, I, I don't personally. So, uh, like I said, it's not about how big we can get. It's always been about just doing the best you can. I haven't been money motivator. I wouldn't have been a coach for as long as I was, you know, it's like every day out here, I try to relate to baseball in certain different ways and you know right that's pitch by pitch job by job day by day and, and what will be will be and hopefully in position when you get the opportunities to do well so you yeah, mentioned that's we're at. oh go i was going to say you mentioned coaching in oklahoma i thought i heard national championship as well uh talk to me about your baseball experience i i tell you mine up front i had two pro tryouts by the uh, Cincinnati Reds and the Atlanta Braves, they brought me in, and they both told me the same thing. You're way too slow. you got to shave at least a second off your 40 time to be considered. So I was for, for a six-foot white guy who was pretty average, that was a, I, I felt that was, a, that was a crowning achievement in my what? baseball career. <laughs> well, you're, you're from North, North Dakota then? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, got, hey, you guys have had some guys come out of here. I know uh, Travis oh, Hafner. Uh, Darren Erstead, I think, was the number one pick overall. Yeah. 
And hey, uh, yeah, Husterland and Oldfielders. Of course, I wasn't going to forget about Darren Erstad. Dar- Darren Erstad's a national Husterland championship. Husterland. Won a national championship with the football team as a kicker. Absolutely. Yeah, he was the punter. And I went and watched the uh, the ring ceremony that they had over there at Memorial State. This is, I was probably in seventh grade at the time. And uh, he was on the baseball team. You know, he's the number one overall pick in the draft. Well, Buck Belcher, old Buck Belcher Stadium was right next door to Memorial Stadium. And so during the ring ceremony, obviously, Erstad would come up to bat over on the baseball field. And on the loudspeaker, you know, they'd hear Darren Erstad up to bat. And, oh, man, Memorial Stadium was going wild for him. He's a... He's made some huge donations over there. It was was the coach. He just stepped away this past this is first season having stepped away. Yeah, no, he's a he's a Husker through and through. But yeah, you guys have had some good players come through North Dakota. That Rick Helling's another one. Rick Helling won a uh, championship yeah, with the Marlins. He's he's with. The, in fact, he's the guy I usually call if I have any baseball questions. I he's he's around my age. He was he was a little bit older than me, but I, he went to the same high school that uh, okay. and so we kind of you know knew similar people. So it's an easy phone call for me but he works for major league baseball he does a lot of the investigative stuff you know he told me one time and this is really applicable to our previous conversation about you know trying to make ends meet and really trying to you know get a break and 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 really get through that next tier he said when he was in the minors rick helling when he was in the minors that there he wouldn't he would get charged double for things i mean you know people people would wouldn't give him the time of day and then when he got to the majors and he got his million dollar contract and everything else there wasn't a drink that he that that he could buy because everyone was buying him drinks and buying him dinners so when when he needed money the most and he needed resources and help the most no one would give it to him and then when he didn't need it at all everybody was willing to give it to him i mean it's just so funny so backward yeah yeah talk about overpriced it sounds uh yeah, it sounds like the old field at times, man. Yeah, you can run into some over, overpriced stuff some places. That's for that's for dang sure. Well, it's it goes in, in in a lot of industries. You know, I mean, a lot of people like to pay for the sizzle and not the steak. So, and coming from Omaha, you get that Omaha steaks. There we go. I didn't know there was a Kansas City steak either. The other day, I found that and I said, "Ooh, Omaha's got to be there." But so, okay, you're you're based out of Texas. Where were you? Where did you play college? Or I'm sorry, where did you coach college? Um, I played it at. Uh, Western Oklahoma State College and uh, at East Central University over in Oklahoma. And uh, when I got into coaching, my first job was up at uh, Northeastern State in Tahlequah, uh, Division II school there. Then I went overseas to uh, Switzerland and coached a club team over there. And then was uh, got named national the head coach of the senior national team. And I could have stayed over in Switzerland for for a long time, but I mean I had the top baseball job in the country, and uh, it wasn't like I mean it was enough to like sightsee you know not make a living so i uh, came back uh Bellevue university which is right there uh right next to omaha coach there uh went to two world series there went down to uh, western oklahoma state where i played at and uh was fortunate our first two years ever going to the world series in school history was was i was there for it was my first and second year there uh went out to north carolina uh I went to Alaska, coaching at Alaska Baseball League, then went to North Carolina at Mount Olive. And they won the national championship in 2008. I got out there in 2010 and uh, came back to came back 2011 to Western, uh, Western Oklahoma. Won national championship in 11, runners up in 12. And then uh, my daughter was born in January 2012, and that's why. I mean, it was a good run. And, and you know, scouted with the Orioles, bird dog, associate scout with those guys for a while. It was a good run, but um, – you know, ultimately, wins and losses, and 
chasing championships and, you know, the mentoring part I, I miss, but ultimately, you know, it comes down to wanting to support your family and, you know, it's kind of by chance it all, it all led me to the whole field and, uh, you know, it was, it was really odd deal because Creighton University's there in Omaha and I'd, I'd always periodically check in Ed Service, he's the head coach over there. I'd periodically check in with him like, hey, Ed, you know, don't forget about me down here in Oklahoma if you ever have a, a position open on your staff. Well, um, you know, I came back and went with my buddy that August of 2012. I'm in the old field and I go, I go get a truck on credit. I go get a camper on credit. You know, cause I'm a broke coach. I don't, I, I'm not going to be paying for nothing. Get all this. I'm, I'm in. Pay my first month of, uh, of general liability insurance. I got my foot in. I'm ready to rock and roll. I get a text message from Ed Service, head coach at Creighton University in my hometown. The College World Series is there. That field is their home field. I mean, it was, it was like, uh, you know, it worked 10 years to have that opportunity. He's like, hey, I got, you know, volunteer positions open on my staff. Uh, if you'd be interested, I'm like, Ed, and that would be my foot in the door, you know. Uh, I was like, if this was a week earlier, I'd be all over it. But it was one of those deals like, are you sure you want the old field? Is that little carrot at the end? I, and uh, went for it and. It's, it's been a good run. It really, it really has. So you had a cup of coffee in the majors for a few years to, for the Baltimore no, Orioles, huh? Uh, no, sc- scouting. Yeah, scouting. yeah, that's what I mean. Scouting. Yeah, I get a cup of coffee, I guess, was as baseball playing, but I just meant working. Right. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. The, uh, the, the area scouting, you had like North Texas, you know, including Dallas, you know, all the way up to uh, Kansas or Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska, so. Being from Nebraska and coaching Nebraska in the you know small schools and high school stuff, and a lot of small schools as at any high school, Bellevue University, they're you know national powerhouse at that level. But and we're playing a lot of those small schools that he might not have the time when he's stuck in Dallas Fort Worth area chasing guys that are you know top five rounders. Uh, you know, so I was able to be some, be some eyes up there, and you know it was it was cool. I got a free you know it wasn't like. He, you didn't really make any. You got a title. You didn't really make any money, but you got a, a free minor league baseball pass as well to get you to any stadium. So you got the Omaha Rolls, the Triple A team there. I guess the Storm Chaser now, but uh, yeah, man, I'd be in there all, every time after practice with that little free pass. It was, it was a good deal. It was fun. What shell plays are you currently in right now? Uh, right now, I'm up here rocking in the box. And uh, oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, I'm up here in uh, in Wofford City, and we're working down there. Uh, around Mandaree area. Uh, it's, it's really, I really like the area up here. I mean, it's amazing how we saw, you know, it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, it all runs together. You know, your wind chills down negative 38. And then it's like, you get a wind chill and it's like 28. And uh, I mean, it's unbelievable what the 50, 50 degrees will do where below freezing starts to feel where you're like, you know what? I could shorts in a, in a hoodie. I could probably, I could probably bear this. It's a, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild how relative the weather gets when you're in some real real cold stuff. But it was funny to watch the uh, North Dakota State Bison who won their eighth national championship in the last nine years. They were down in Frisco, wow. Texas. Yeah, down in Frisco, yes. Texas for the uh, national championship, one double A, and they uh-huh. played. I believe it was James Madison, <clears throat> and yeah. it was only forty degrees down in Texas. And James Madison, they were all decked up, looked like, you know, kind of snowmobile suits for, for players, as, as much as a snowmobile suit that a football player can wear. And, you know, NDSU was basically in short sleeves. They were, that was fine. You know, 40 degrees is like summertime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of fans when I, I had a meeting down in Houston. I flew down to and flew back into, into uh, the airport of Williston, the new airport there. And it's, 
that's a nice airport in and out and, and really clean it's, it's a really nice uh nice airport that they got now but uh there was a bunch of the ndsu fans that were getting back on that same flight from down there and uh yeah they were talking about how it was uh you know they weren't expecting that cold down there but it wasn't even as cold as everybody was making it because yeah they're you're from up here you're used to some pretty brutal stuff that's for sure so are you uh, Bach and laser focused? Are you are you in other shale plays? Are you looking to expand well, right, into others? Or this is one of those deals. Um, you know, my normal area that we've been running and, and home base for me has been the Texas Panhandle in Northwest Oklahoma, and and I can tell you, there's some plays in Oklahoma that are still going. You know, some of the stuff. Uh, you know, Kingfisher, Lindsay. You know, some of the stuff over there. Uh, going a little bit more east, that stuff in the in the northwest part of the state, it's 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 pretty dead. I mean, one of the bigger bigger names in the area that we've been doing work for 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 years. Uh, I mean, they don't even have a rig over there right now. Uh, had another count that they'd had a bigger outfit that had been doing their work for years and uh, had some guys contract pumping for them. And then finally, you know, it took about a year. They finally started using us on the production work and started getting that. And uh, then. That other outfit came in. They had to iron the, you know, the completion and won the production and just undercut us. So now it's one of those times where it's slowed down there. There's, you know, there's real minimal stuff going, especially for me right now. So hop up here, uh, do Atlantic Energy Partners, um, and I'd say they've been good. Like where if I don't have anything going on or I need to supplement with with some guys, you know, or or for me where I can go out for those guys. They're, uh, I guess it's kind of a recruiting service, but. Uh, They've been around two years, and, and I'll tell you, I've, I, I feel comfortable dealing with them and, and got a good relationship with them to where if I do have gaps like this, you can go out. You know, they feel comfortable with me being able to, you know, represent them well, and for me, it's able to plug gaps. So it's uh, been a good working relationship and, and allowed me to see some different places where, you know, the accounts that, that I originally was running on down there, and, and uh, I knew that's guys I broke out in that area, and that's how I got the MSA at the beginning because I was just – working there around me and they're like, Hey man, why don't you get your own deal going? Boom. And next thing you know, that's what, how I actually got started and got my first MSAs. But, uh, so this, this has allowed me to see some different places coming up here where normally I was just in that little bubble, you know, for years straight, just handling those accounts and, and, you know, tending to those and not having to get out of that. So it's been cool. You know, been over to Wyoming, been down to Permian before, uh, and then up here in North Dakota. And, and I really like North Dakota. I, I think the, uh, Besides, it's pretty long days up here uh, because, you know, when you're working on, say, like the three affiliated tribes working on the on the reservation, you know, you have to have special permits where, you know, everybody has to basically drive together. Where a lot of these other jobs, say, if you're the, in the Permian and, and they got you staying in the man camp or a hotel or whatever it may be, you're driving your own truck to location as a contractor. You're driving your own truck to location and when shifts over, you're, you're out of there. Or if you're staying, you know, like some of the stuff in Oklahoma, most of the stuff in Oklahoma that been on, you park your camper on location and your shift is done and, you know, you, you're able to just go to your camper for, you know, your off shift hours. But up here, you know, there's a little extra because you can't just drive out there without having a permit. So it, it makes for some long days. But, man, the, the, the area up here is really nice. The wells up here, from what I've seen, are, I mean, they, they get monster wells up here. They, they really do, you know. that's And that's what's kind of hurting. It's sad, you know, a place like Oklahoma right now that, and the Texas Panhandle, where it's not, it's not as profitable. If the price, the price that the oil is right now, guys aren't doing anything there. It's, it's, they're not. You know, there's always exceptions. You're like, oh, this company hit a, a monster well, but as a whole, in those areas, you're hitting like, okay, you know, uh, oil wells with 
a good amount of water, most of which is having to be trucked, you know, like, okay, gas numbers, everything's like, you know, solid, but not great, not terrible, you know, where you get up here, you're just like, wow, the, 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 the numbers that the guys are able to push up here on these wells are, are, are really unbelievable. It's been pretty neat to see, be around. The Bakken has certainly shown that it's going to be around, and it, it has been around. You know, when I first started reporting on this seven, eight years ago, uh-huh. they were talking about, you know, 30 years, you know, 40 years, that type of thing. And you see the up and the downs and the downturns and the low prices, and the Bakken is still putting out over a million barrels a day. So, I mean, if they're... If there's if if there's shrinking or there's downsizing happening, there it's more centralizing than anything because they're still putting out 1.2, 1.1 million barrels a day. Permian's still putting out some good numbers. I have read yes. and I have been at conferences where I've seen the Permian is supposed to actually be about seventy percent of the total shale play over the next thirty years. And I think I read that about five years ago. I don't know if those numbers have changed or not, but just to give you an idea of the significance of of that Permian shale play, the way that, the way they're looking at it. But, um, so yeah, you look at, you look, go ahead. I was going to say, you look at a place, you know, like say Oklahoma or, or, you know, Louisiana, some of the areas where, when that, when that hit came in the end of 2014, that fourth quarter of 14, you know, like those areas haven't recovered yet. You know, I mean, I'm sure the Bakken took a hit in there, but I mean, it's, it's still going, the wells are so good that it's not going to just die off. It was, some of those areas really haven't, you know, and the Permian is, is really, you know, an area where guys that are down there are like, man, this is a boom, you know, where a lot of the other parts of the country haven't even recovered from the bust, you know, that's, that's now been, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago. Uh, so it makes it even more impressive, you know, what they, what they're doing in the Permian, but you know, for this being the, the short sample size, you know, I think I've been up here for three different hitches up here in North Dakota. The sample size that I have to go off of is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. And the biggest thing that I was most shocked with up in this area was uh, I remember looking at YouTube videos, you know, when, when things are, were, were boom, we got a hundred dollar barrel oil and you're just hearing like how North Dakota is as close to actual wild, wild West, you know, gold rush as, as you know, we we're going to probably see in our, in our generation. Uh, I mean, it was just looking at the videos from the outside, like, Man, it's unbelievable. The traffic, the you know, the stories of people going to Walmart to try to get stuff and you know, just they're just cutting it off of pallets, not even putting it on shelves and you know, the not enough housing and how everything was. Man, I, I got up here and like Watford City, I tell you what, like I mean they, there's infrastructure is in place, you know, everything's kinda new and uh room to grow. I mean, I was really impressed with the infrastructure when I got up here. Really more so you go to some of the places in the Permian, if you're in Orla Mentone, even you know, Pake is something like that. Shoot, man, Watford City is really, really nice, and the infrastructure's there. Is you know, what do you prefer? Do you prefer 110 or do you prefer negative 30? You know, pick your poison. But uh, yeah, it's a, I, I've enjoyed it up here. How can people get in touch with you, and uh, what type of uh, services once again are you offering? Yes, sir. Um, you can get a hold of us. Look us up on our webpage. It's uh, www huskerlandoilfield.com huskerlandoilfield.com or uh, Facebook, you search Huskerland Oilfield Services um, or personally I'm on, on LinkedIn Matt Cruz, K-R-U-S-E um, you know those would be ways could, you know, guys could take a peek we offer uh, production services contract pumpers uh, operators on flowback uh, 
you know, consultants and, uh, you know, had some, had some steamers there for a while, but, uh, got a little warm down there. Maybe it's the, the global warming. I don't, I don't dog play it, but, uh, you know, we're, uh, wasn't feasible doing it anymore, but you know, that's what we're doing out here just day by day, just trying to do a good job and take opportunities as they come. And, uh, Jason, I appreciate you having me on the show. Cause it's like a time like this. And, uh, glad you even think to have me on the show. Cause I mean, I, I remember, Thinking back when I first got in old field, you know, before I stepped foot on a location, somebody would have thrown. It was all sports for me growing up. You know, everything was just single track minded sports, and, and you know, I had just my small family in Nebraska. It wasn't like you know Uncle Tony, who's the the mechanic. I mean, really, if you would have put a, a whole pile of tools and said your life depends on it, pick out the crescent wrench. Like I, I still might have been able to, but like if your life depend on, it, I don't know if I'd have been 100 percent sure. So it's you know come a long way personally and with the company. And, you know, moments like this, even having me on a show, man, take me back and, and let me think, uh, you know, how, how things have, have came and how far we've come. So I, I appreciate that, Jason. To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com. First full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Crude Life Podcast. I'd like to thank Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services for coming on today's program. And I also would like to remind you folks, an upcoming event happening, so mark your calendars, put it into your app, whatever you might do. Friday, February 21st, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association Mardi Gras Ball is happening. It is their signature event, and it benefits the Colorado Energy Foundation's 2020 grant recipients. The crew of Koga offers you a memorable night of dinner, dancing, live music, auction prizes, and a hosted bar. Check out the Crude Life podcast show page for the links and more information on the 2020 Koga Mardi Gras Ball happening Friday, February 21st. Also, I'd like to mention today's sponsor we appreciate it very much they allow us to keep our lights on so we can inform educate and entertain to let people know how the lights keep turned on so mckenzie county job and development authority thank you very much mckenzie county is located in extreme western north dakota mckenzie county is unique in its economy landscape and attitude the county is home to over 500,000 acres of little missouri grasslands in an area that's rich in oil reserves and grassland resources. If you'd like more information, go to the crude life 
Facebook.com and check out the podcast show page and the links are available there. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today. I appreciate it very much that you have tuned in here at the Crude Life Podcast. We know that there is a million different people doing podcasts and there's all kinds of different places to get your content. I mean, just the other day, I saw that this, this cat across the street, he was putting on a YouTube video for a dog who was doing a podcast. And then, I don't know, was it a ferret playing a video game, doing one of those things on Fortnite? So everybody's doing it. So just the fact that you're tuning in, man, we're humbled by that. We appreciate it very much. Also, if you have an event, you want to be a, uh, do an interview, uh, you have uh, something going on that you'd like us to know, a topic, etc. this platform's for you. So you let us know, jason at thecrudelife.com. You just let us know, and we'll figure out a way to get it on the podcast or on our radio show or maybe in one of the magazine stories, that sort of thing. If you'd like to sponsor, oh, absolutely, we would love to sit down and talk to you about that, or we'd do it over the phone, you know, whatever is the easiest thing in the moment. But yeah, Jason at thecrudelife.com. If you'd like some information on how to sponsor us here at The Crude Life, because in 2020, really ready for anything, that's that's the motto. And we're sticking by that ready for anything, because when they're using children and public health and all kinds of new weapons of discourse, you got to be ready for anything. So folks, uh, any help that we can get here at the crude life whether you like or share or or follow us that is much appreciated i mean we are so grateful for that if you sponsor us we are over the moon appreciate that as well over the sun hey look at that tying us back to our headlines from earlier in the podcast so all right we're going to end it on that folks uh tomorrow is our weekend review We'll be back on Monday here with the podcast. So from the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Watford City High School student ambassadors, Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, as they discuss the ambassador program and what their experiences are working with industry. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, Watford City High School students. Um, I'm Taylor. Uh, so I think just as every family and every kid who does move to a new town, um, they always have those fears. They always have those struggles and those just basic nerves. And so I think that's what I was feeling was just those, what everybody feels, just scared, nervous, new things, um, just something I wasn't used to. But uh, once I finally put myself out there and kind of found out who I was and wanted to take control of helping the school grow and helping the community grow and helping other kids transition here better than um, being scared and help them feel better about moving here. Um, this program op- uh, this program was opened up and immediately, I think, 
our entire student council was very interested in it. But um, being a part, being a leader in the school has um, really helped me grow from who I like came to North Dakota being, and like I've grown to be this leader because I have put myself out there and I've um, reached out for different opportunities and seen all of the good in North Dakota, and I've. Um, use the school and everything that like all of the resources that it gives us and our community um, most people who come from big towns don't have opportunities to serve on councils or committees and um, for me personally I serve with the county census and the county coalition and I know that I wouldn't have been able to serve on that if I came from a bigger town and um, I just want to help people see all of the different opportunities that they have here I'm Lydia it kind of the same deal for me I put myself out there I my parents kind of pushed me to find something you want to do and like go do it we'll support you um, it was kind of a hard time the first couple years finding something I like to do but as I got older more opportunities came up and they all had interest I had interest in all of them so I kind of just took opportunity of that and kind of threw myself right in there so this program definitely like showed me who I can be and helped me build my leadership position in this town and the community. To listen to the full-length interview with Watford City High School students, Taylor, Emma, Lydia, and Ellie, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our social media tab, Facebook, YouTube, even the Twitters, LinkedIn as well, right there at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.